Sam Harbinator, welcome to Game Quitters. Thanks for having me, Cam. I appreciate it. It's been awesome to have you in Thailand. We're here in Koh Samui, Thailand. And tell us, when did you start playing video games? Oof, Mate, when did I start playing video games? It would have been very young. You know those old PCs, which were like literally bricks and they had like a big brick at the back. I remember when I was, uh, when I was a kid, we had one of those for, for work purposes, very basic stuff like, oh, email and stuff. But uh, one day, I think either my mom or dad came home with like a Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone sort of a CD, DVD game. And that game was awesome. And I remember I was, I was instantly hooked, but uh, I didn't really, obviously I was very young, so I didn't know what I was doing with it. So I, I sucked at the game. I didn't get to play very much. But uh, I remember itching, itching every, every time, like, you know, my sister or my dad was playing it. I'd, I'd be like watching them like a hawk and like, oh, I really want to play it, you know. Uh, I, think, I think that's where it started. And then uh, from there, when I was very young, I, I can't give you an exact age because it was so long ago. But one of my birthdays, I got a PlayStation 2. And from there, it was over, man, like uh playstation 2 and then my dad comes home from work one day with a big bundle of like uh sort of second-hand games and one of them was um gta 3 so at like you know seven years old i was playing uh gta 3 and i I'd, once again i was so young and never clue what i was doing i'd just go around driving around mucking around having a great time and uh spending you know hours at a time just playing that non-stop. Um, so I think, I think from the get-go, I was, I was heavily addicted, just like that. That's, they get you just like that from a very young age. And uh, I, f I think it's very easy for like a very misguided young man like myself to fall into such a heavy trap of actually replacing real-life interactions and achievements with video games and I, I think that's the trap i fell down from a very young age so they got me quite young man and you know from there i went from uh, the playstation 2 and i started playing games on like uh, nintendo ds so i had a handheld you know so there was just no time where i didn't have something to do because a playstation 2 it's you know it's it's locked away you know at home i've now got a nintendo ds i'm out and about i'm in the car playing my nintendo ds that's how they get you, man. That's how they get you. And nowadays it's even more challenging because it comes preloaded on your smartphone. You have access 24-7. It's always convenient, easily accessible. What did you find so addictive about gaming? For me, it started off as, uh, I, I think, you know, do you remember when video games were marketed towards kids? You know, young boys, like, oh yeah, young boys, they play their video games and stuff. For me, I think that was it. Like, I think young boys, they're fun. They're fun for young boys, right? But the problem is that has sort of been lost in time. And now it's very like sort of normalized for young men to actually be playing video games. And I mean, people who are complete, like full adults as well are now playing video games, like, crazy amounts of hours eight hours a day 
Um, so I think it started off, you know, quite innocent. Like, you know, oh, yeah, young, yeah, he plays his video games, you know. I was, yeah, he's, he's a young guy, let him play his video games in his room, messy room, teenage boy, you know. But uh, I think that very quickly transitions into full-blown addiction because I think these developers who are making these games and these platforms, these apps are incredibly intelligent. They know what they're doing. And uh, it turns into a sort of a, a manipulation of the weaknesses, the evolutionary weaknesses of our brains as, as young men. Because I think young men, we want to feel like we're progressing towards something. We have a competitive nature inside of us. And I think uh, video games, they 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 quench that first, you know, I think they're designed for that, you know, think of a game like World of Warcraft where, you know, you start off your brand new character, you level one, you've got nothing, you've, you're, you're weak, and then, you know, you start leveling up and you do a quest and, oh, you're stronger now and you can actually now beat that mob and you've got new access to quests and oh, new areas of the world. It's like, it's, it's essentially a life path, which is instead of unlocked through achievements in the real world, which are, which, are, which are tangible and much harder to unlock as well. That's how they get you as well, because it's so much easier to level up inside of a video game, you know. If I wanted to get a bigger bicep in real life, I'd have to hit the gym for like three years, you know what I mean? But in World of Warcraft, if you want to get stronger, you know, you just do two or three quests and suddenly you've leveled up and it's, oh, you know. They get you, you get that sense of achievement as a as a man and you're oh, I'm stronger now, yes. And uh it's a slippery slippery slope because at that point you're getting that sense of fulfillment from the video game rather than where you should be getting it, where it's tangible, where it'll make a difference to your life in the real world. And you end up on a hamster wheel constantly chasing that fulfillment of that quest but you do it inside of the video game rather than where it matters so while you're progressing in real uh in in world of warcraft you know you're getting stronger etc the more time you're spending doing that the more time you're not spending doing things which actually matter so in real time as you're leveling up in world of warcraft you are decaying in the real world your social skills are decaying your prospects are decaying your muscles are decaying because you just sat there like this all day, you know. So your life becomes more and more shit. <laughs> it becomes more shit. And that's how they get you as well because as your life deteriorates, the only sense of fulfillment you're actually getting is from this video game. So you spend more time in the video game, more and more and more, and it snowballs until your life is very dark outside of the achievements and the accolades that you have inside of the virtual world and that's where i found myself two years ago and um it took a massive sort of kick in the ass to change that so that's 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 how they get you in video games i, I think video games are, are really interesting in the sense that they they provide you with a huge sense of control so for me when i was like 13 you know, I was being bullied a lot at school. And, you know, for me at the time that felt very painful and I didn't feel comfortable being at school. I didn't feel comfortable playing hockey anymore. But gaming, playing CS, playing World of Warcraft, I had so much control over that environment. I could, you know, I'll never forget my first time leveling up in WoW because the animation of my character, the, the like gold across 
that goes over your character and now you've unlocked a new skill and that feels really exciting. And then, you know, it takes a certain, a little bit more effort to get the next level and then a little bit more effort to get the next one and so on and so on. But I had control. Whereas in real life, I didn't feel like I had that. Over time, spending more time in games, just like you said, you develop a sense of competence. So you're very competent in the gaming world, but that's a big contrast between the lack of competence you feel in real life. You suck at your job or you don't know how to study. You're just not seeing any of that positive feedback in real life. But then in the gaming world, you're getting a ton of positive feedback. And so it becomes a very distorted view because you feel control over your character online and you feel very competent in that arena. But then in the real life, you don't feel competent. You're decaying. I totally agree. And you don't feel control. And so then you develop these distorted thinking patterns of, well, I should keep playing games because that's what I'm good at. That's where I should continue to spend my time, even if it's also completely destroying your life. For you, like, what was the breaking point? How do you actually kind of build that awareness to, to actually get yourself out of it? Yeah, so um, completely agree with what you said. Like, video games, uh, they they sort of prey upon misguided young men because, I mean, frankly, there's a record high right now of young men who are just completely lost in life. You know, there's, there's a massive pandemic of sort of fatherlessness and yeah man it's when it, it just takes like sort of a slow star and like maybe you're a little bit introverted maybe you don't quite fit in maybe you're a little bit slow you know i felt like i was a little bit slow at school like you know when people were talking about celebrities and like, oh did you hear about this and this like i just i wasn't interested in football didn't care you know so it's like i didn't feel like i really fit in that's how they get you you know when you start to feel like some sense of fitting in um and control inside of the video games and that's like okay i like it here you know i want to I stay here that's that's how they get you but um it feels safe exactly sorry uh, so what was your question how like the breaking point for you yeah so before i i was so sort of lost in life like just just to paint a quick picture like i had uh been playing video games since i was like seven years old and obviously it progressed more and more and more I lived in a single mother household, so there was no strong father figure there to sort of guide me on the right path. So I was just more and more and more time being spent on video games. I used to run home from school to play crazy stuff, man. And um, there was a point where my, because you, you spend so much time in, in the virtual world, like I say, your real life situation is getting worse. It's deteriorating. I got to a point where my mental health was so like completely broken, like. I had incredible levels of anxiety. I couldn't leave the house to even go and get like some milk. Like there's a, a shop two minutes away walk from my house. I couldn't do it. It was a mountainous task. <laughs> and um, because of that as well, depression, I was incredibly depressed because my lifestyle was terrible. I was making all the wrong choices all the time. And um, I dropped out of college about halfway through my first year because one morning I just had a mental breakdown. You know, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. It's just a, a small thing that triggered that, which was simply my shoes. I bought some new shoes for college and I put them on in the morning and they just didn't quite fit. And I, I just burst out into tears because I couldn't, I, that was the last straw. You know, that's all it took. It's insane. 
how how uh, things grind you down as well. I had terrible friends around me as well. I was always like the stepping stone for a joke, and that is the worst type of bullying because you can't point at it specifically and say that's bullying because it's just subtle enough. But that over five years will destroy your self-esteem. So I had that as well. And that once again driven me more into the uh, online world because I was a G there, you know. I'm the best player at GTA 5, you know. I, uh... <laughs> but, um... It sounds really corny now when you say it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. At the time when you were gaming, what was the relationship like with your mom? The relationship with my mom. I think my mom's an angel. I think, um... You know, I think it's it's very much so a mother's imperative to try and keep their children safe. Um, I don't think that's what I needed, though. I think I think I needed a sort of strong father figure to sort of say, "Listen, Sam, like this isn't the path. You need to do this instead." But for my mom, you know, she saw that I was. Um, she wants me to be comfortable. You know, I think I think mothers would. It's it's like a it's like a life path, isn't it? Like the children start to like you know venture out of the nest, and it's like very worrying for the mother, and she doesn't want to deal with that. So I think she was I think I think she was okay with me just sort of playing the video game, staying inside, safe thing. And uh, then my mental health was deteriorating. She was very supportive. She was like, "It's okay, Sam." Like you know, but um, I think she was an angel. I think I think she is an angel. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that's what I needed. I think I needed someone to say, listen, Sam, this isn't the way forward. You've got to change because otherwise it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, but relationship with my mom was great. Um, she took care of me and, and in the way that a mother would and good relationship with my mom. So there are so many young men right now that feel completely lost. You know, we see it every single day. I work with clients every day who... You know, they're difficult to reach. Like the, the number one question I get from families is how do you reach someone? They're 15, 16, 17 years old. They're gaming all day long. No interest in doing anything else. They just want to keep playing, right? Primarily because of all the reasons we've talked about. Gaming super exciting. They get to achieve. It's safe. They have control over it. How do you reach a young man like that who's currently there and and isn't kind of open or, or doesn't want to make a change? It's very difficult because ideally you want to catch it when it's like quite young because uh, it's just snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. Once again, like, you know, the more time they're spending in the game, the worse their life gets in real life. So they want to just avoid that. Um, for me, I, for me personally, I got so sick to death of video games. I didn't even enjoy playing them for the last like you know two years that I was playing them that I uh it was quite easy for me to actually say okay I need, I need to change and I also gained like sort of a mentor like figure at that stage which was sort of guiding me as well because I didn't even know what the idea of sort of improving my life was school doesn't teach you that which is crazy isn't it they, they teach you that the uh mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell but I don't teach you anything that is tangible that will actually change your life. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I gained sort of a mentor and that helped a lot. I was, I was ready, you know, but if, if you're not ready, I think what I would say is that competitive nature inside of a young man is still alive. 
but it's just being used on the wrong things. For me, the absolute best thing that someone like in my shoes could have done, and it was something I actually quite liked doing from a young age anyway, I liked the idea of, of, of the gym. It's a gym because video games are numbers driven. You know, you look at the numbers, they're going up and you're like, dopamine, you know, awesome. Um, the gym's the same. If you go about the gym in the correct way, you have uh, a routine, you have your numbers which you're tracking, you know. You can say, last session I did a 50 kg bench press for 12 reps. You have the numbers there, there's that competitive edge, and you're like, okay, I did 12 last time, I'm going to do 13 this time. And the benefits are immediately tangible because the sense of achievement you get after you've had a good gym session you feel it immediately much like how you do with video games if you get a seven kill streak on cod you get that sort of dopamine straight away like oh i get to call in my harrier strike now um you get a sense of achievement immediately with the gym i think the gym is um an absolutely incredible start point for people who are much addicted to video games because that's where I started and I'm not saying it won't be difficult it absolutely will be like when I quit video games my life had become so bad and I had nothing going for me apart from my one marketable skill of video editing um, that for nine months straight I I felt pretty terrible and I think that is quite unavoidable but what you need is is a good support network and you need the belief in yourself that you can make a change. And before, you know, before you can bear the fruits of your labor, you need to suffer. The fruits need to grow. You need to work on, on the farm, you know, and that's how I saw it. So do whatever you can to, to get through that period. Um, and, and the good thing with the gym as well is if, if you're going to the gym, that's two hours a day where you're not actually playing video games and you're out or maybe you're not out. I didn't start going to the gym. I, I actually started working out from home because of my anxiety, but it's two hours where you're not playing video games and you're working on something which has tangible benefits. I think that's the best path forward. The gym, start with the gym. Everything starts with the gym. And I know you've shared before that you know life is a competitive race, right? You're competing against other men. You're competing you know, in, in your life. And gaming often gives you that competition. So how do you, like, what would you say to young men to help them understand the, the competition that does exist in life and how they can redirect their focus towards that? Everything tangible in life, um, the rewards of life, whether that be money, whether that be good friends, whether that be a beautiful girlfriend, they're all rewards of the work that you put in. If you're putting work into something which doesn't gain you tangible benefits, such as video games, you know, um, <laughs> go, go to any go to any sort of chick and say, "Listen, I'm Tev Prestige on COD." You know, <laughs> see how far that gets you. You know, um, you are wasting your divine life force as a man to build men are put on this world put in this world to build and you're building nothing 
you're you're spending that divine energy that that gift on nothing it will gain you no tangible benefits um your life will continue to be crap if unless you're stuck unless you start building something tangible um I can tell you in because I I quit video games. I've not played a single video game since New Year's 2022. So I'm about 15 months clean now. My life has significantly improved. Significantly, I've moved out from my family home. I'm now traveling the world. I live in Thailand. I have an incredible network of friends, and I'm building. A business i'm building an online following i'm making an impact in the world and my life because of that has significantly improved in all areas so what i would say is video games are not going to net you that benefit but if you stop playing video games and start building things which matter in the real world which you can do anyone can do i did it i was so lost I was so lost in the source, so misguided. If I'm able to do it, you can as well. And I imagine you feel such a greater sense of purpose now towards continue to create, continue to build, and just continue to see your life improve. Absolutely. You know, I, every every step forward in my life has been an upgrade from the last. You know, I keep thinking to myself, like, oh, I've peaked here. I've peaked. Oh, it's not going to get better than this, you know. And every step forward, I continue to blow my own mind because my life is is like this. It's like this. It's on a steady incline now. And before, it was on a very steep decline. Not even that steep, actually. I think video games, they, they do this, and then it goes like that. It's a very slow death. I've completely 180'd that now, and my life is significantly better. And... I truly believe anyone who wants that bad enough can do that as well. And I think for people watching and listening, I, I think it's so important to recognize that if your life right now is not where you want it to be, you're anxious, you're depressed, it's hard to leave your house, you're not making any money, you don't have the relationships you want, you feel lonely. If that's the state of your life and you're also playing video games four, six, eight, 10, 12, or like I was 16 hours a day, all day, every day, continuing the game is not going to lead you down this path. That's going to change that. And so you really have nothing to lose by stopping gaming, even for a period of time, 90 days, six months, longer than that, a year, and seeing what you can start to achieve outside of gaming. Initially, they'll of course be confronting and challenging and you know, now you're having to actually like be with yourself. But after a couple months, after a couple years, you'll be blown away at what you can achieve. And, you know, certainly you're a testament to that. I'm a testament to that. But if, if you're watching and you're not where you want to be, continuing to do what you're doing is not working. And so it's time to make a change. And at least for us, I think cutting out gaming was very much the beginning of that journey. And, you know, there's a whole life that comes after that. And, you know, I still have challenges and I'm sure you do as well. That will be part of life forever. But you'll continue to improve and things will continue to get better and better and better over time. Yeah. I think for me, I, it, 
quitting gamers wasn't the start of it. It wasn't a start because I, I I couldn't go cold turkey on games because I was so addicted. You know, I couldn't just I'm not playing games anymore. You know, it was a very gradual process. But the process started by simply choosing to do more of the right things and less of the wrong things. And a lot of people, this is a big problem that I see because I do my own self development YouTube videos and I, I always you know I, I'm quite strong on video games. I say zero time for them. You're a grown man. Come on, <laughs> you know. And a big problem I see a lot is the fact that a lot of adults, adult males, are still coming up with reasons that video games are actually fine. You know, they, they don't actually understand. They don't put video games in the bad category. They, they put, say like, oh, but you know, after a long day of work, it's fine to unwind and play four hours of League of Legends. You know, I, if, if, you're, if you're building something, there's no way you have any time to play games like that. And the thing is, if you're playing games like that, where they're expertly designed by nefarious companies to actually exploit your brain, if you have the choice between playing League of Legends, where you can be an absolute champion of the world hero, you know, or to do your homework, <laughs> which one are you going to choose? You're making the decisions the harder decisions which will actually change your life significantly harder to achieve because you're now competing with the idea of league of legends or your homework if you put league of legends if, if league of legends isn't even on the agenda which it shouldn't be this is far easier to achieve and this will net you tangible results you'll get that a star in your geography class and then you can go off and do your thing and make lots of money, you know? Um, or you can go to the gym, the gym, for example, you know, League of Legends or the gym. I'm going to, if I was a league player, I'm choosing league because that's far more fun. But is it more fulfilling? No. Exactly. And so I actually quit cold turkey, right? And, and I'm a big believer in in both approaches. For some people, gradual replacing bad habits with good habits spending more time, you know, working or going to the gym and less time gaming, that approach can work really well for some people. For me, I, you know, I kind of reached the rock bottom moment where it was like, I had clarity in my life that either I was going to end my life or I was going to like do a 180 and, and try to live my life to the fullest. That was kind of my, my moment. But I knew that if I was going to pursue my potential and, and really try to like see what I could become of myself. I had to stop gaming because if I didn't stop gaming, I would never have any motivation to do anything else because everything else would always compete with gaming, just like you said. And everything else would always lose in that competition because gaming is more exciting, more immediate, more gratifying. You can do it for longer periods of time. You're sitting in a chair on a couch, enjoying your life at home, safe, whatever. You'll never have the motivation to go do other things if you're spending excessive amounts of time playing video. Yeah, because you're you're winning, right? You're sat in that chair and you're you're winning. You're winning hourly. They're giving you massive wins hourly. Like, I just gotta kill in my lane, win, you know. Whereas if I go do my homework, it's like that's very much so sort of the delayed gratification, because I have to wait till I get a result back. I have to I have to do all this boring stuff. You know, league is fun and I get to win. Whoa, whoa, I'm gonna choose league every time. 
And I, I also, you know, just want to state that, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there who, who are saying, you know, I'm going to play League of Legends to relax after my day for a couple hours. And like, I've never seen anyone play League of Legends for a couple hours and find that a relaxing activity. <laughs> if anything, it's the complete opposite. It's toxic. You are super negative. You're angry. Your adrenaline super high. It's like almost the complete opposite of something that actually relaxes you. And so you really want to be thinking about not just how gaming might be affecting your motivation, but is it actually providing you with the benefits that you claim that it's going to provide you because League of Legends obviously is not leading to you being so relaxed in your life. Absolutely not. I mean, name me a single happy and fulfilled League of Legends player. Well, one of my clients right now is actually a top 60 uh, support player in the world in Asia. And he's in Challenger. He's not making any money. He is competing. Uh, you know, and he's easily one of the top players in League. Challenger, all that. And he told me, if you knew the lives of people in Challenger, you would not want to be in Challenger. They're all degenerate. Their sleep cycles are terrible. Their attitudes, their motivation, their lifestyle is so bad. You would not want that life. But when you look at the prestige of being in Challenger and, and being at the top of the world, you think, wow, it must be so good. But sometimes being at the top in that way isn't actually the reality you think it'll be. I don't know. It's not even that hard to, to see, though, because if you go onto like, if you go onto Twitch and you go into the League of Legends category, you know, the, the top players will be at the top. Like, just, just watch that stream for like five minutes. It's depressing. It's insanely depressing that they're like, you know, they're just sat there at their PC, like, tired, like, and then there's some, like, some guy dies and they start, like, getting angry. Just, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're not happy people. They're not happy people at all. Um, they are simply just stuck on a hamster wheel trying to get that feeling, that feeling that, you know, that dopamine of, like, you know, that win. And you know, I, I reached a point with games, much like you, where I didn't even care about winning at that point because I didn't care about. It was simply just a habit at that point. Is all I knew, but I wasn't even enjoying it for the last like two years. So I'd queue games with just the intention to just piss as many people off off as possible, and that's not even uncommon in League. You know, my first account got banned, permanently banned, because I said some nefarious things to a player who went AFK in my rank up game, right? And um, I made a brand new account almost immediately and started playing again. I didn't even, at that point, care about the accolades and the achievements. It was just simply all I knew. You know, when I, when I went, so let's say I went AFK in my brain, you know, I went idle. I wouldn't think about productive things to do or like, oh, maybe I should do this, maybe... Oh, it's it's a, it's a nice life that I live. It's it's nice outside. The sun's out. I should go outside. I would think I should queue a League of Legends game because that's all I knew. And I think a lot of people are in that situation as well, including all of those Twitch streamers on on Twitch who just AFK queue games for like twelve hours a day, and it's like, oh, well, I might as well stream it because I'm a good player. But it's such a terrible life. It's such a horrible way to live. Like, there's just just go onto Twitch right now. Go on Twitch. Go on to the most viewed, you know, Twitch streamers. Just just watch our stream for five minutes, and it's not 
that is not what you want to emulate. That's not the life you want to live at all. You know, even if they are successful, you know, because they're high rank and they've got so many people watching them. They're all, they're all not the sort of life that you want to emulate at all. Well, I know, like if I sit at a computer, even if I'm working all day productively for 12 hours, my body physically hurts. Like, it's not like I'm super energetic. I feel like a zombie, right? That's usually how I describe it is I get off the computer and I'm like, oh, like I need to like go move, go outside. I think part of what's so beautiful about living here on this island is, you know, the weather's amazing every day, tons of nature, like beach, sand, and you get outside in nature, you're moving around, you're in the sun. And so just all those benefits that you feel from just the weather itself in that regard makes such a positive impact. And I'm constantly looking for reasons to like go outside and, and go do other things, be connected to that instead of just, I'm going to sit in a dark room staring at a screen trying to rank up in a, in a League of Legends game. Yeah, it's it's the complete and utter opposite of what is natural. Like if you just take it back to our cavemen ancestors, what were they doing? You know, they would wake up in the morning, they would be in a cave, they would walk out of that cave, immediately get sunlight in their eyes to set their um what is what is circadian rhythm they would set their circadian rhythm get some sunlight in their eyes they would go out on a hunt you know that's their quest they need to feed their family they go out on their hunt they're running they're climbing they're they're, they're naked they're getting so much vitamin d and all that stuff running through the jungle they're connected to nature that's their quest they get the hunt you know mission complete go home to their their wife here baby providing you food for for you and our child they would feast they would be happy fulfilled and then they would go to sleep and do do the thing same thing the next day you know that is the polar opposite to what the league of legends player does and i'm not saying that we should go to that because we've obviously evolved you know our, our work is no longer to hunt a boar, but uh, I'll tell you what, hunting a boar has a much more tangible benefit than ranking up in League of Legends, you know, and uh, building a business has a much, much higher tangible benefit than ranking up in League of Legends. So I think you, you get my point, um, live a healthier lifestyle and build something with tangible benefits and your life will get better sitting inside your cave all day uh looking at an, a screen it's not it it's not it man and you're not you're not going to grow or gain any sort of tangible benefits from doing that so speaking of the difference between kind of the online world and the, and, and the real world so the other night i was out for dinner and and there was a, a kind of a jungle seafood spot that, that's on the south of the island and there's a table for 16 people set and so i was like oh i wonder who this is going to be i i figured they were going to be Asian because I've only ever seen, uh, I think I've only been the only white person I've ever seen at this restaurant. It's, you know, kind of probably more of a, and it's more of a local spot. And all of a sudden I start to see like Porsche drive up and park, Ferrari drive up and park. And, and these, these are like, you know, for people who don't live here, these are not things that you normally see here on this island. Like, yeah, I'll tell you why because the import charge for these cars in thailand unless they have a factory here in thailand the import charge is times free so if you see a car like that here in thailand you know you're dealing with some big ballers big ballers and the roads themselves here 
you know, certainly uh, aren't super friendly to supercars. So there end up being 16 supercars that end up coming, all Porsche, Ferraris, you know, Mercedes AMG, and these 15 guys walk in, you know, and then the, then the one wife, and I think they were Malaysian. And they sat down for this giant feast. And obviously, I think they had probably done some sort of road trip from Malaysia over, you know, through Thailand. They're going on some like supercar road trip or something. But I, I posted the photo in in a group that we're in. And and you shared how it, it kind of like hit you because it reminded you of the supercars you were trying to pursue in GTA 5. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's just just to paint a picture for you, I think GTA Five is is possibly my most played game of all time. Possibly, it's hard to hard to say because I owned the game across three different platforms. Had it on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, then I had it on PS Four, and then I had it on my PC. And I played this game so much. Like I took a week off school to play it when it came out, and I went into school like, yeah, I beat GTA Five already, guys. And I was like, what? Well, how have we done that? You know, it's what well, um, I played the I I played the hell out of this game, and uh, when the online came out, once again took more days off school leveling up my GTA character. Um, it's it's funny, man. Like the story, like on on GTA Five, you level up your character sort of stamina by running or getting on a bicycle. One of the first things I did on GTA 5 was just level up my character to the, to the max. And I remember just spending hours on a on a bicycle in GTA 5 just riding around on on a bicycle and so on. Meanwhile, I'm I'm mouth breathing on my chair, scrunched forward like this. Doesn't make goddamn sense at all, man. <laughs> when you look at it like that, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm a my character's like, you know, so fit in GTA 5 and I'm like, you know, crazy, but I, I played the hell out of this game, and uh, I spent so much time uh, trying to, you know, I'd, I'd play repeat missions, which I knew would net me the most money. And uh, I, I knew the exact patterns to play these missions. Like, okay, the enemy will spawn there, so I'm already aiming at the enemy before it even spawns. Like, I'm, I'm that engrossed in this one mission, just doing it over and over and over again, trying to make as much money as possible. And... Um, yeah, so on GTA 5, you can buy, like, these really cool supercars, and you can buy garages and houses and stuff. So I remember me and my uh, three friends, we would buy... We bought the exact same car as each other. It was... Uh, I think I remember the name of it. It was, a, it was a Massacro. A Massacro, I think it's called that. It's like a supercar with, like, some cool vinyl stickers on it. And uh, we all had our own colors. So my one friend was green, I was blue, and my other friend was uh, red. And what we did was we uh, took these cars up uh, on, on the Vinewood Hills, which is like sort of the Hollywood Hills area of GTA 5. And we, we stood in front of our cars and uh, we took pictures of us in front of our cars um, over the city skyline. And I remember I, I was so proud of that. I set that as my, my Facebook banner, which, well, you, know, you know, the girls loved that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh god. And uh Yeah, so you posting that picture of those supercars um in, in, in the chat and funnily enough one of them looked exactly like the Massacro, which it triggered that memory in my brain of, of that and I was like, damn. I 
I am now living that life in real life. I'm now leveling up my character in the real world. And I'm getting to a point where I can actually tangibly, in the next one to two years, afford to buy a car exactly like that. Um, which is crazy. It's crazy because think about that. Like, I, you own that car in GTA 5. What does that get you? A bunch. Well, yeah, for sure. You know, they love that, you know. But it's, you know, it's who cares, you know? Who cares? Yeah, you own a car in GTA 5. Who cares? You know, geek. <laughs> you know? But if you own a car like that in real life, what does that net you? That nets you an insane amount of status. You have a really cool car to drive. The chicks will love it. You get a, a crazy tangible benefit. Not only that, you can sell it. Again, you can, you can sell it for tangible money. It's the networking, really, I think, primarily that people will miss, right? Like, it's that car will, will attract people who automatically filter you based on like, well, it, if you have that car, it means that you've, you've been able to achieve a certain level in your life. And that then attracts networking opportunities and meeting other people who have been able to reach a similar tier. Yeah, because I think about that, you know, if, I, I don't know if you had the opportunity to speak to any of those guys at that 16 top table, but like, I, I imagine you would have loved to speak to them. Like, wow, guys, nice cars. How did you get it? Boom. Let's talk about business. I'm doing this thing. Okay, what are you doing? Oh, you can teach me a little bit about this here and I'll teach you a little bit about what I'm doing. Do, 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 do. And then you level up together. So it's like, okay, you're good at this. I'm good at this. Okay, we can level up together. I know this thing, you know this thing, boom. You know, that's, that's value exchange. Like these, these high level networks and these high level relationships are based upon value exchange. I'm good at this. You're good at this. We can both benefit from each other. Then you go up together. And this is why it's all the rich get richer, right? Because they're working to get, you know, that, that snowballs. So yeah, having a car like that, you know, that's going to get you in a very good sort of category in someone's head straight away where they're looking you know, for this guy's high level. He knows what he's doing. Um, but I, I don't really remember what I was saying, but yeah, having a car like that in real life nets insane benefits compared to having it in GTA 5. And I sort of just hit me when you posted that picture of those cars where I was like, I'm actually living more like that now. You know, I'm getting closer and closer. In GTA 5, it would take but maybe two days of grinding to get that car. In real life, it takes far longer. But good God, it's so much more worth it. So much more worth it. I love to drive. So the idea of being able to drive fast car is very exciting to me. And people will say, skeptics, that there's no way that I'll be able to make enough money to be able to, to get a car like that. And for you, I know, I know you believe strongly in developing marketable skills and being able to go from, you know, you were just a couple of years ago, you were living at home in your mom's basement, playing GTA five, grinding for cars. And now two years later, you can see a realistic vision of yourself actually owning a car like that in real life. And having a marketable skill that's allowed you to travel and earn money and, and be able to see that vision is a huge part of it. And video editing was that for you. Correct. Yeah. So uh, I managed to get into, um, well, well, essentially, I had a very good friend. Still have a very good friend. He's, he's a brother of mine, you know, not an out blood brother, but like a brother. You know, this guy's on it. He's high level himself. He's leveling up himself. We're on the same wavelength 
awesome to have guys like that. So I, I saw my friends by two categories. Friends, where it's like, yeah, they're nice to hang around with, but like, you know, they're, they're not really on it. They're not really switched on. Maybe they still do like bad habits and stuff. It's like, they're cool to hang out with. So then I've got brothers where it's like, okay, we're building stuff together. These guys are high level. I like their company. So I have a, a brother who, who essentially, when I was at my very low, lowest point, um, he, he, he was doing bits in the sort of online space of Fiverr, if you know what that is. Fiverr is a freelancing platform where you can essentially offer your services in exchange for money. So he was doing like video editing, video animations, logos, stuff like that. Very talented guy. And um, one of the only things I actually found intrinsically motivating enough to continue to do, which was productive during my sort of depression era was uh video editing and the reason was is i used to record me playing my video games and just being quite silly because i'm a very silly guy i have very silly humor i would record me playing those games with my friends and then i would edit them together into what i called shit posting montages um which they're all on my channel still you can still see all of them and um you can see how i've progressed as a man by just watching those videos as well but that was one of the only things i continued to do during that era of time and the reason was because i find it so intrinsically motivating to make my friends laugh and those videos made my friends laugh we it's us just mocking around in games and i'd edit them in a very funny way and i i remember how fulfilling that felt every time i posted a video and my friends would watch it i don't think really many other people watched it you know <laughs> but that's one of the only things i did and this, this brother of mine, when I was at my lowest point, he said, listen, Sam, I do Fiverr. I do this animation stuff. I'm quite successful at it. I'm making money. It's good. Why don't you do it? Because you're actually quite good at editing because you've been doing it since you were 13. And, uh, you know, three months, I had limit and belief, limit and belief. No, I'm crap. No one will pay me for this. All this stuff, you know, limit and belief, blah, blah, blah. And um, about November time of... 2020 uh he he continued sort of chiseling away sam do it do make make a make a job offer make a gig and i was like okay fine i made a gig in november 2020 and i wasn't expecting anything from it and i set my prices to the absolute lowest so i could possibly set them because uh i wanted to gather some sort of good reviews you know and uh one of my first clients was uh basically a, a chap which i would end up working with all up until about a month ago um where we we took his youtube channel from the 500 subscribers that he had when i uh started working with him to 1.8 million subscribers in the space of two years which is absolutely ludicrous and a big part of why we were able to do that is because i went above and beyond in my abilities as a video editor and the amount I was getting paid, you know, like three pounds a video, um, to make his videos as good as possible. Um, and we developed a format, um, on accident really, called the, it was the Jeffrey and Adonis format. So this channel is a self-improvement channel. And essentially, uh, he sent me a video one day. It was, it was very like, you know, I have good intuition. So he would just send me the video and I would do the video. I'd get no instructions. I would use my intuition as, as an editor. And he sent me a video one day, basically like he made up these two polar opposite characters to prove a point in his video. 
So one of them was Jeffrey, and another one was Adonis. And Jeffrey does all of the bad habits. He's very, like I say, very um, over-the-top characters. Jeffrey does all the bad habits. Adonis, Adonis does all the good habits. Um, he didn't say it like that, though. He said, initially, that's what it grown to, but it was like, what, what do I, he was literally in the video, he was like, what, what do I call this character? Okay, so uh, Jeffrey jacks off, for example. Jeffrey plays video games. And uh, what I did uh, when he said that was I, I used my intuition and I used uh, a picture of a Wojak, which is a popular internet meme, to represent that character. And then he also went on to say, yeah, so who's the other guy? Yeah, so Adonis. Adonis like, goes to the gym. And for that, I used GigaChad because... Once again, that's, I was a, like a chronically online person. So I, I had like such an in-depth understanding of, of sort of the, the meme market and the market that um, this self-improvement YouTuber was sort of trying to um, speak to. And these memes obviously resonated heavily with these, with these guys. And we developed this format. Every single video started with Jeffrey does the bad thing, it does a good thing. And I think that's a massive reason why the channel blew up the way it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that one marketable skill I had of video editing was, was essentially my pathway to um, becoming someone of value. And I think that's a massive thing. Like, even if you're someone of value to, like, something which isn't yet successful, you know, I, I, I went above and beyond in my efforts to try and build something. And that was the start. Well, I didn't build my own thing just yet. I wasn't ready. But I was helping someone else build something, and that's excellent for any man's self-esteem. I'm, I'm now someone of value. I'm giving someone something. And um, I think it's incredibly important for, for all young men to develop one thing. I'd say one thing, because the reason I say one thing is you don't want to be a jack-of-all-trades, right? A lot of people will say, I want to be good at this and this and this and this. When you go to watch sports, you don't watch athletes who can do a bit of basketball okay and they can also do a bit of football and a bit of ufc as well they can do okay at those you watch the pinnacle you watch the absolute best at one thing and so that thing for me was video editing i became the absolute best of video editing that i possibly could i continued to do a lot of client work i started to earn money online and that was essentially the start of my adventure to where i am now where i'm in the position where i can actually teach what i learned in those 10, 11 years of video editing, which took me so long to learn. I can now teach those things to my students inside of my academy, which is an offer which I have out there, which essentially you get time uh, with me to learn how I video edit so you can actually become someone of value uh, to a content creator as well. And it's a good thing to have as well because we're now in an, we're now in an attention economy and everyone's basically fighting for everyone's attention. I, I, I want this guy to click on my YouTube video, not someone else's. And the editing, the video editing, is a huge aspect of that, which I don't think all YouTubers quite understand yet. Um, so it's, a, it's an excellent skill to have. Excellent skill. So I, I've decided to teach that myself. And um, I'm very glad that I'm able to do that as well, because it is the skill which got me to where I am now. And now you're able to pay it forward. And so for people who are interested in learning video editing, where can they find the academy you have? Um, how, how would they find it? It would, 
probably be linked under this video on it. Yeah. So yeah. So if you, so if you're interested in learning the skill of video editing, then, uh, the link will be in the description under this video. And you can also find it on my socials, like my Instagram, which is at Harbinator. And it will also be on my YouTube channel, which is the Harbinator. Mr. Harbinator himself. Um, well, I appreciate that. And, you know, a big thing that we talk about on this channel is about when you stop gaming or you're replacing gaming, you have to find new things to do with your time and finding new hobbies, trying new things. Often gaming is the only thing you've ever done. And so having other things to do, trying new things is a big part of that. Video editing, I think is a great one because it gives you an opportunity to, I mean, you get to be creative. It can take quite a bit of time as a good opportunity to learn. And at least initially it's still on the computer. And so it's not so far outside your comfort zone, but it is certainly more productive and gives you a possibility of being able to earn money online remotely. And that can create opportunities for you to be able to travel and, and really give you the freedom to, to go and pursue all the, the life that you want. And, and so, you know, just for anyone listening, anyone watching, I think video editing is, is a really, really valuable skill that you can develop. And right now, as social media continues to expand, there's only more and more demand. And so that's a skill that uh, certainly you can try it. So definitely check out Sam on Instagram at Harbinator. You know, check out YouTube, The Harbinator. And uh, you can check the links in the description as well. So as we wrap up, any final messages for young men out there feeling lost, needing to find a greater sense of purpose? It's very easy to summarize, actually. And uh, this is one of my favorite things to say because it's, it's so true. But simply, just to put it as simple as possible, start doing more of the right things and stop doing less of the wrong things. Life and this, this snowball of, of wins which you can build up is simply a snowball of very small wins all wrapped up and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The win could simply be waking up at the same time every day. The win could be making your bed. The win could be saying no to, you know, that sweetie, you know, or going to the gym. Going to the gym is a much, a pretty good win, you know. But to summarize, stop doing um, stop doing more of the wrong things, start doing more of the right things. It's as simple as that. And video games are the wrong thing. Sorry, I hate to break it to you guys, but they're the wrong thing. <laughs> well, Sam, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for sharing your message and we look forward to doing it again sometime.